Hi, it's Claire here from Come Back Brighter. I specialize in healing after narcissistic abuse because this is the pathway that I've walked. I went no contact when I was 36 years old with my narcissistic parents. And I want you to know that it is possible to heal. Okay, right. So the question, how do I work through the what ifs and the self-doubt? Now, I've kind of split this into two sections because I think this is two different things, okay? So regarding the what-ifs, okay? Now, when you go no contact with a narcissistic parent, okay, you're actually going through, you'll be going through a grieving process, okay? And that might sound a bit strange because we associate grief with a death. But effectively, when you've gone no contact with, with a parent, you are grieving the death of that relationship. But you're and you're also grieving the death of the hope of that good parent that you wanted them to be. OK, so so going no contact is a grieving or is a grieving process as you as you start to heal through everything. OK, because you still experience that same grief even though your parents are still alive. So what the what if stage is a stage of grief. It's called the bargaining stage, okay? And this is the stage when, when because we feel that we had no control over the situation, which is, is always the case, we don't feel any control in that situation, we go through the stage of bargaining in order to try to give us a sense of control, okay? So we, we have these kind of conversations with ourselves where we say to ourselves, what if I had done this thing differently, okay? And, and we imagine from that that it would be a different outcome that would have meant that we wouldn't have had to go no contact, OK, and this is a normal stage of grief for people when people die. People do this stage of bargaining um, because they're not quite ready to process the sadness of having lost that person. And this is the same thing if you've got no contact. OK, so you go through that stage because I think this part because if you're the scapegoat, you will have been blamed for everything. OK, so the what ifs, the bargaining stage of the grief after having gone no contact is bigger because we assume we're still in the stage of thinking that we are the ones to blame for what went wrong. OK, so the bargaining stage, this what if stage is even bigger for the scapegoat because we take on 100% responsibility for the failure of the relationship because we've been told that we are to blame for anything that's gone wrong with anything within our family. And we continue that even though we're no contact. So effectively, we're kind of scapegoating ourselves. 
Okay, so it is it is a normal and natural stage. I want to tell you that this is a normal stage to go through. Okay, don't beat yourself up for it. Don't punish yourself for it. Don't think you're bad for it. It's normal and natural. And it's even more normal and natural when you realize that you've been brought up, you've been raised by somebody who has scapegoated you and who has blamed you for everything. This is the natural conclusion of it is we continue that even when we're in no contact, okay? The thing is with the scapegoat is we think it's, we, this is what we think, it's all my fault. I am bad. I did something wrong. And whilst that's, none of those things are good to think, it kind of gives us a sense of, power and a sense of control over the situation that maybe there's something we can do to change it okay but what the problem here is is that as the scapegoat and being made to feel 100% responsibility all we are looking at is our behavior but if someone genuinely wants a relationship with you if somebody sincerely cares about you and loves you, they are in this relationship 50% themselves. So you are only responsible for 50% of the failure of that relationship. And your narcissistic parents are responsible for their 50% of the failure of the relationship. So I really want you to understand this. If it's a good relationship, you wouldn't have had to go no contact. If it was a good relationship, you wouldn't be assuming that it's all your fault that things went wrong. If it was a good relationship, any little problem would be sorted out at the time to the mutual benefit, benefit and satisfaction of both parties. But when you're dealing with a narcissist, they don't want to put the effort in. They only want you if you're serving them and their purposes is what it boils down to, sadly. OK. And the other thing as well is about this stage is there is no resolution. OK, because you can't go back in time and you can't change things. You cannot. You can't press rewind and make a different decision that, that will result in you not having to go no contact. You've had to go no contact because you have no choice. You will have tried everything that you possibly can to make this relationship work, and you get to a stage where you realize they are never going to change. They are never going to take responsibility for their actions, okay? And the thing about this stage, the bargaining stage, the what if stage, is there is no resolution. There is no resolution because, like I say, you can't go back and change things. You cannot, you cannot change them, really. So this is a natural stage in the grieving process. It's something that you've got to, you've got to go through. It's something you've got to feel. But I want you to understand that there's no resolution at the end of it you're not going to find the thing that you can do to change things because this is not on you you would have done everything you can to make things work this is on your parents or whoever it is you've got no contact with okay
So you've just got to accept that this is something that you've got to go through. Okay, this is part of the process. And then you'll go on to another stage of the grieving process, which could be anger or sadness or acceptance. It depends because you bounce around the different stages. Okay, right. So that's handling the what if. Now, self-doubt. I want to say, first of all, really importantly, we have been taught and conditioned to doubt ourselves. If we didn't doubt ourselves, we wouldn't put up with the treatment that we that we suffered at the hands of the narcissist. We would have gone no contact. We would have said that's enough and they would have lost their victim. OK, so that you have been taught and conditioned to doubt yourself in order that the narcissist can abuse you. OK, because if you think it's you or if you think. You think that you're being sensitive or or that it can't possibly be true. If you're doubting yourself, that leaves you vulnerable. And that's exactly where they want you. OK, um, it, this is not you. Self-doubt is not a normal, nat a natural thing. OK, self-doubt is there for really if you're, if you're thinking about doing something that you shouldn't be doing because it's not part of your values. It's not part of your character. Maybe it's illegal. It doesn't feel good, whatever it is. That's what self-doubt is there for. But when you're a child of a narcissist, it's something that's been encouraged and nurtured in you to doubt yourself because they want you vulnerable to their abuse. OK, now, really, what I'd like you to do here is much like the what ifs is to take a look at not at your actions, but the actions of the other person. OK, so much we doubt ourselves. We're looking at the situation and we're looking at it from our perspective and we're, we're just we're analyzing what we've done. OK. And we think, oh, maybe I did that wrong. Maybe I'm not a loving daughter. Maybe I'm not a good person because I did this thing. OK, you're analyzing what you did. But what I'd like you to do is take a step away and have a look at what they did. OK. And if you can take that step away and not not what they did in terms of what they said, but what their actions were, because it's through people's actions that you see the truth. OK, I'm going to say that again because it's really important. It's through people's actions that you see the truth. Words are easy, but it's actions that show the truth about people. OK. So did they act towards you with love or kindness? Did they treat you with respect? OK, those are two huge questions to ask yourself. Now, the other thing as well with the self-doubt is part is part and package of validation. OK, so because we doubt ourselves. We seek validation of our experiences and of the abuse that we've gone through. And we seek that validation from other people. OK, but the most important thing I want to say to you is that do not expect validation from your parent or any member of your family. Don't expect validation from them. Because their experiences are different. If you want it from a narcissistic parent, they're never going to give it to you because they want the fight and the energy and the drama. 
Your family are not going to give it to you because their experiences were different and they want to invalidate you. They want to invalidate you so that you doubt yourself, so that you come back for more abuse. And I want to say as well, like I say with a lot of these things, this is the habit of a lifetime. This is the habit of a lifetime. You've done this since a very small child. You've doubted yourself. So there's no quick fix to any of this, okay? It's a gradual process. But the more that you realize that you cannot get validation from other people, and the more that you realize that that every time you doubt yourself is not true, that's not true for you, that's what you've been made to feel, which is the thing that's led you to be vulnerable to their abuse. That's really important, okay? And it's a, it's a slow process to work through that self-doubt. But you'll get there. So just take one small step at a time. And like I like as well, the other thing I like to say a lot is you're practicing, okay? Use everything as a learning opportunity, okay? All of this is a chance for you to go, if you go through something and it makes you feel like crap, then it's a chance for you, if that situation comes up again, to do things differently so you don't feel like crap, okay? This is all a big learning process as you're kind of breaking out of the mold that you've been put into, which is not truly you. It's not truly you. So it's very small steps to build up your confidence, okay? It could be like a stage of the stage of grief. Of, um, so the self-doubt easier if they didn't have narcissistic personality disorder and it would be and and then maybe everything will be okay you kind of um you know in an ideal world kind of scenario that is inevitable it is everybody suffers with it and sometimes it can take a long time to work through it but if this is where you are at the moment and you, you're trying to work through that self-doubt and you're stuck you seem to be going around in circles. You still can't quite realize what you've been through. You're still seeking outside validation for what you've been through. Then book a power hour session with me and we'll work through it together. Because validation is, self-validation is a very, very important step in your healing process. Because once you've, you cannot begin to process that you've been abused until you've validated that you have been abused if you're still stuck in that questioning yourself you're still stuck in that not sure about whether or not you've been abused and that that can take quite a long time to work through but if you need my help then book a power hour session okay and i'm going to go over to patreon now where i'm going to give some tips on how to work through the what-ifs and the self-doubt okay take care Bye.